Human trafficking, that's something we all have figured out, right? People kidnapped, taken away, often to families that are impoverished and desperate, taking place in LEDCs all around the world. But surely that's too easy, too convenient, too simple. A complex issue like this, there's gotta be more to it. And today, in our very first episode, we're going to be looking at a specific situation of human trafficking that seems to defy all odds, that contradicts the easy explanations that we have for the concept. Human trafficking in the land of the millionaires, Singapore. Before we go any further, we wanted to know what people thought about the issue and whether or not it was even possible for it to happen in a place like Singapore. These were some of the responses. I think that human trafficking can take many different forms and most people only see or think of the form where someone is moving, being taken or moving from one country to the next. And I think what people sometimes don't know about or acknowledge is that human trafficking can happen even within a town or a city. It's about someone going into a situation of modern slavery and um, moving from one location to another doesn't have to mean moving across country borders. And it often involves people being treated to coerce. So often it's those people who are the most vulnerable, um, the young, the uneducated, um, people who are illiterate, are the ones that find themselves to be victims of human trafficking in today's world. I think uh, in Singapore, human trafficking is not so visible compared to other Southeast Asian countries like Vietnam and Myanmar. Uh, but I, I do think it exists in uh, in hidden forms such as uh, prostitution rings. It's just that it is prevalent, but it's just hidden from uh, prying eyes. I think that human trafficking is certainly an issue in Singapore. Like most issues in Singapore, it's not something that we overtly see or explicitly see. It's not something that the government publicises. But I think that um, Singapore, particularly somewhere that um, takes in a lot of migrant workers, sometimes that migrant worker can move over into an illegal boundary of, um, of human trafficking with people having their passports denied, with people having their payments denied, um, and as well as those kind of migrant worker situations that occur. I think that there is an underbelly of sex trafficking that occurs here um, that, as I say, is not very well publicised and corporations have a big role to play to try to get human trafficking out of their supply chain as much as governments and, and NGOs can also work really effectively to try to eliminate and reduce human trafficking. Picture a young woman, a villager in rural Southeast Asia. She's desperate for work. And one day, a man visits the village with promises of wealth. If only she were willing to perhaps travel a bit. She hands her documents over to the man, and then, a few days later, awakes from an uncomfortable sleep to find herself in a claustrophobically small, dark room on a boat. As the boat docks, she is let out. But to what? Is it the smell of pollution? A city cramped with worn, grey warehouses and sweatshops? Women and children busy, laboring away without rest? Perhaps, as with many victims of human trafficking, this is what she sees. But consider that her first view of her new, hellish home may also be one of verdant greens, of shining silver-gray skyscrapers reflecting the tropical sun, of men and women at leisure, wearing their wealth in fashion. Perhaps what she sees is the decadent luxury of Singapore, the apotheosis of strong moral government, the haven of enlightened business, 
the fair domain of the super-rich. The contrast, the juxtaposition, is nearly inconceivable. Human trafficking in Singapore? In the sci-fi utopia-esque land of Singapore, there are two main forms of human trafficking. One, in the seedy alleyways of Geelong, Singapore's red-light district, where trafficked women are forced into the lives of prostitution. Women are particularly vulnerable to the tactics of human traffickers, as they often have few options in their home countries, and when they are offered a higher-income job, they jump on the opportunity, only to find themselves stuck in a life of prostitution. In all trafficking situations, traffickers have many methods to control and prevent their victims from leaving or seeking help. But for the women forced to walk the streets of Singapore, there are more barriers in place. Prostitution in Singapore is a legal grey area. Whilst it's not legal in and of itself, many related activities such as public solicitation and recruiting women to work as prostitutes are illegal, making the activity effectively against the law. This makes it extremely difficult for victims to seek help from the authorities in fear that they may face punitive action themselves. And with it being illegal, there is zero oversight or legislation present to protect the victims involved. And so they are forced to continue in the lives of prostitution. Hidden in insidiously in our everyday lives are those trafficked to become a member of Singapore's legion of foreign domestic workers. The ones you may see at the park, taking care of children. The ones you run into on the street as you walk home. The ones who live next door to you, in the same building as you. It is difficult to know exact statistics about the population of trafficked workers due to the variety of methods employed by traffickers to hide their practices. For example, the misuse of tourist visas, which many use as a way to come into Singapore and work. Well, not all foreign domestic workers are trafficked. Within the 1.37 million foreign workers in Singapore, many are coerced into their situations. The image of Singapore as the shining city on an island is brandied about to attract the vulnerable those seeking the stability of a supposedly safe city. The victims are then forced into their work, their travel documents taken, living in inhumane conditions in the small rooms of Singapore's high-rises, tucked away from sight. Contracts, if they existed in the first place, change without any oversight. Their pay is withheld, leaving them unable to survive on their own. They undergo literal torture, stories about employers throwing boiling water at their helpers, of employers beating their maids, of employers leaving the maids to sleep in cramped conditions or outside on the floor. While many of these workers, being lowly educated and unskilled, do not know about their rights, they, uh, they therefore have no other recourse or option other than to simply take it. And take it they do. Take the example of Mr. Safiar. The Bangladeshi national was told by a former colleague that a job opportunity was available in Singapore as a rigor signalman with a construction company. It cost him 5,000 Singaporean dollars, requiring him to take out a bank loan and him leasing his family land in order to raise the adequate amount. He was promised 1,600 Singaporean dollars monthly. After arriving in Singapore and dedicating 5,000 Singaporean dollars, he found out that his job turns had changed. He ended up being granted a 452 Singaporean dollars salary per month, by which he was promised a false payroll and was not given the opportunity to renegotiate for a better salary, let alone receive a contract. The employer later cut $50 from his salary due to Safiya's bus fare to and from work and did not receive any salary in the months of January and February. 
it is difficult to reconcile this knowledge of what are effectively slave owners with the notion of Singapore as a bright modern nation, and yet it is an uncomfortable truth. Damn, that was a lot to take in. I mean, the idea that something like that is going on in Singapore, right where we live, is pretty hard to accept. I mean, that's a terrible thing. Exactly, and that's why we all need to take action right now. Go out there and take concrete actions to fight off this problem that's taken hold of Singapore, wrapping its sneaky tendrils around each and every one of us. Just a bit melodramatic. <laughs> um, yeah, but hold on a second. We all need to take initiative now. Look, I'm sorry. I feel bad for the people that are affected by this issue, as all decent human beings should. But and I might even donate to the causes. But I've got A levels, CCAs, college applications, and so much more. It sounds terrible, but I just don't have the time to work on this. <laughs> I mean, those are fair concerns. Our workload isn't exactly light. It's probably even worse for working professionals and homemakers having many duties and obligations. Maybe looking at others that have decided to devote their free time to addressing the issue may convince you. Hello, we're from the GC Blue Dragon. I'm Megan from Grade A, and today we're gonna talk about. Um, why we joined Blue Dragon and why it's important to raise awareness about this issue. Hi, my name is Ashna and I joined Blue Dragon because I think that it's really important for other people to know the situation in Vienna. Hi, my name is Daki and I joined Blue Dragon because I wanted to raise awareness because I go to Vietnam a lot. Hi, my name is Siam and I joined Blue Dragon because I think it's important for kids to be off the streets and stay with their families. Hi, I'm Elliot and I joined Blue Dragon because I was very interested in learning more about it. But at the same time, I also wanted others to learn more about it by spreading awareness. Okay, I mean, fair enough. That was pretty damn adorable. Still though, <laughs> they're like six or seven or even 10 or 12. They have a ton of free time. They don't have to deal with all of the exams, college applications and everything else that we have to do. What about people our age that have devoted their free time to resolve this issue? I decided to join the Blue Dragon Podcast Project because I believe that this is one of the best ways in which we can uh, explain and uh, expound on the, deep, the deeper issues behind human trafficking to members of our school community. Uh, I think that currently there are not enough uh, outlets of awareness for this information to get parsed through. But with a podcast, we really have the opportunity to do some good investigative journalism work to really uh, reach out to students and present this information uh, in a way that's accessible, but at the same time, still meaningfully uh, deep and well-researched. For me, it was really um, a TED Talk that had been given by Michael, who is the founder of this organization called Blue Dragon, Fight Human Trafficking in Vietnam, uh, that made me decide to start this podcast and to, uh, and to join the, the, uh, this global concern in our school that works on the issue. Because the work that they were doing and the stories they told about these kids who had nothing or had very little and, and how the organization was able to work with them and help them to really realize their potential it just felt like important, significant work was being done, and I wanted to be a part of that, you know, fear of missing out. I, I wanted to be part of something that was as incredible as that, and that's the reason I decided to work on this initiative.
Okay, um, no need to make me feel bad. But <laughs> what about working adults and professionals? Surely they won't have the time to pitch in. Actually, they are the ones that can make the most impact on this issue. Okay, geez. <laughs> Their action is the most critical. Let's talk to Ms. Sylvia Lee, founder of Emancipasia, a human rights organization fighting human trafficking in Southeast Asia and headquartered in Singapore. And let's find out why she thinks this issue is so important. I'm the founder of Immense Asia, a Singapore registered charity founded in 2012. It is 100% volunteer run with no overheads. The mission of Immense Asia is to raise awareness so that we can combat human trafficking and advocate change and empowering communities. Not only communities, businesses and individuals to take action to end this horrific crime. Raising awareness is the first step in tackling any issues because we don't know what we don't know. While there are many documentaries exposing human trafficking situations in different continents, there is a lack of understanding of such issues affecting Singapore. Human trafficking and modern slavery is a very complex global issue. The Global Slavery Index 2016 estimated that there were 46 million slaves in the world, an increase from 30 million in 2014. According to United Nations Office of Drugs and Crime, some 2.5 million people throughout the world are at any one time being trafficked. And this number is equal to 12 people going into slavery every second. But my belief is that if each one of us does whatever little we could do to address the issue, our efforts will add up, converge, and eventually contribute towards a bigger goal. My motivation for doing this work is, if I could just prevent one life from getting into slavery, I have achieved. Alright, but what can I even do? The whole issue is so complicated. I mean, where the heck do I even start? You're not alone in thinking that. We took to the community to brainstorm some ideas about possible solutions that they could enact to help combat the issue. Anyone can join in the fight against human trafficking. Here are just a few ideas to consider. First, you can learn the indicators of human trafficking so you can help identify a potential trafficking victim. This includes the inability to speak to an individual alone, disconnection from family and friends, or even just dramatic changes in behavior. Secondly, you can participate in human trafficking awareness training, which is available for everyone around the country. A significant method to helping spread awareness and preventing human trafficking is to volunteer or donate to anti-trafficking efforts in your community. Keeping that in mind, as well as additional research that we did, we were able to narrow down specific actions that can be taken by a variety of individuals, regardless of your age, experience, and location. You may want to take down some notes. International viewers, we want you to do two things. The first is to lend your support to our friends at Emancipasia. Of course, you can donate to the organization by following these simple steps. To donate, simply log on to emancipasia.org. Go to the Support Us tab and follow the instructions listed there. At the same time, we want you to use your unique skills to help Emancipasia with their current projects, summarized succinctly by Sylvia for us. Emancipasia raises awareness using different channels of communication, one of which is through films. 
Since 2012, we have been screening films about the different forms of human trafficking around the world. With the hope to educate and mobilize the local community to take action. Emancipation's work and messages have reached thousands of Singapore residents who often responded with awe, gratefulness, coming up to me and said, Thank you for telling me, I did not know. Singaporean listeners, before you continue further, can we please draw your attention to the QR code that will be located below this podcast, which directs you to our blog. Here you will find a detailed blog post that goes everything we're going to cover into far more detail. With that said, the very first thing we want you to do is get a better appreciation for what Singapore is doing. While we have tried to give you a brief synopsis of the issue here, there is more to discover. A few key starting points I want to give you is the National Approach Against Trafficking Persons, a plan by our government to address this issue, as well as the Prevention of Human Trafficking Bill passed by Singapore, all talked about in far more detail for the blog post if you're confused. These are both located on the PAP's website as well and will really help you out. Armed with these tools, we urge you to form your own opinions and interact with our government at every level and forum you can. Some examples include REACH, the lead agency in facilitating whole-of-government efforts to engage with citizens. They put in place both traditional and online feedback channels, including toll-free hotline, SMS, email, REACH discussion forum, REACH Facebook page, and Twitter. They also conduct face-to-face engagement sessions such as public forums, dialogue sessions, and listening points. Look out for these on their website to learn more. If you think that that sounds like a whole lot of work, don't (laughs) worry. We have another idea for you. You can attend a Meet the People session where you have a chance to meet with one of your local MPs one-on-one and petition for a cause you care about, which hopefully by this point is human trafficking. Simply find out where their office is located, show up, and register. They'll be with you shortly. More detailed ideas and solutions are listed in the blog post as well, so please check that out if any of these don't appeal to you. You can also try to make impact in your place of work, one of the areas you spend the most time around. There's a sense of satisfaction, I think, knowing that your company, your organization, and you as an employee are making an active choice to fight an issue, when so many of your peers are standing by doing nothing at all. Yeah, right, like my place of work is gonna care about this when they don't (laughs) even care about us. No, but seriously though, there are examples where organizations have actually done something. Take the Marriott, for example, the like super famous, super fancy hotel. More than 240,000 of their associates have recently received a type of training where they're learning how to prevent human trafficking from occurring. Showing that organizations actually do care about this, all due to an individual in this case who brought up a concern with his superiors. Finally, students, what about you? In schools, try to attempt to raise awareness amongst your peers. There are examples of many students and teenagers working to address the issue, including youth. A study on human trafficking conducted by SMU and NUS undergraduates revealed that more needs to be done to raise awareness of the growing problem. Although most respondents had a broad understanding of human trafficking and exploitation in Singapore, they underestimate the gravity of the issue. SMU undergraduate Deepika Daswani said that the study gave the SMU students a platform to clarify any doubts the respondents had about the topic. Maybe you guys can consider to do something of your own. 
Guys, come on. I don't want to hear excuses. Oh, I have this. Oh, I have to do that. I don't have time. I don't have time. <laughs> come on. We're trying to do something about this issue and we need you to do it as well. So everybody, whether you're an international viewer, whether you're local, uh, local working in a company or working with the government, or even if you're a student like us, take your part and do something to help address this issue that's happening right under our noses. Thank you.